Who's the host of this podcast? Because that will determine who starts. You should be. I should be the host of the podcast. Yeah. On on what grounds? On the grounds that you're a better host than me. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I nominate you. All in favor, say aye aye. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can be the host. Why not? I did. I have like I have vague like vague outlines, just like the basic stuff that you need, like an introduction and things like that. So I so with me. Okay, so with that in mind, so I'm the host apparently. So knowing that. I guess what that means is I start, Mm -hmm. uh, I do some sort of an introduction. Yes. I, uh, whatever stuff we want to get out of the way at first, maybe like how the podcast works, I thought, and then maybe what we're watching and then get into the discussion basically. Okay. And then I thought the way that the discussion could go is whoever had the first pick. So in this week that, or this episode, that'd be me. Uh, whoever had the first pick, uh, they start the discussion, and then uh, we go from there and basically introduce the movies and then get into the get to talking about them. Okay, how does that sound? That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. And then for the next pick, just before we start, before uh-huh. the next pick, um, so are we going to switch off and each and I'll pick the next one and you pick the next one? Right. Like that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's my turn to pick. And I was going to pick uh, a scary movie, but I realize now that the next time we record is probably September, not October. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, but here's the thing. So we're releasing these. So the next episode, episode two, the one we did last time, yeah, will come out in September. Wow. So this episode, we might have screwed up. This episode will come out in October, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what we could do is just do... Another episode sooner, just as an excuse. We could do a Halloween one. Okay. So I'll pick you know? the scary one then for next time. Yeah, and then we'll make sure it goes up um, in October. Okay. Cool. Cool. All okay. right. Well, ready. Uh, you ready? Ready. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number three of Like Father, Like Son, Like Movies. I'm Sam Feldstein, the titular son, and with me, oh, fuck. With me, as always, is my co-host and father, Stuart. Don't swear. Is it? Parents teach you not to swear. Is it? uh, Is it? Should it be? So that last line, should it be with me, as always, is my co-host and father or my father and co-host? I think co-host and father. Okay. That's what I, that was my gut. Yeah, I like it. But I didn't want to, I don't know. I didn't want to imply some sort of like hierarchy in terms of my relationship with you. Well, that's okay. I mean, you could say that that's the hierarchy of, of uh, your relationship to me is fine. <laughs> <laughs> As in you're my co-host first and my father second. Yes, exactly. That's what I didn't want to imply. That's what I did not want to imply. But the wording might have. Is this all going into adjusting, the show? I'm or? adjusting my desk. This is going to be noisy. Okay. Well, so that's us. Uh, a basic overview of how this podcast works um, for first time listeners, one of us picks a movie, the other one hasn't seen, or maybe they have, it probably doesn't matter. And then the other person picks a movie that they think would make a good pairing with that movie. So what would be a comparable process to that? Like a wine and cheese pairing or like a progressive dinner? What is that? Oh, was that like what we did at uh Cochineau? Is that a progressive dinner? What did we do at Cochineau? That's like the fancy, like five course meal. Yeah. But you go to different houses to get each course. What? 
<laughs> uh, maybe it's not a thing anymore. But when I was your age, uh, we, we would have progressive dinners where you'd go to, you, you know, be like five couples and each of them would uh, be assigned a course. And then you would have the first course at one house and then you'd drive to the next house, have the next course, et cetera, until the night was over. I've never heard of this before. Progressive dinner, it was called. That's really interesting. So were you, uh, when would you do this? I, you said couples, so I guess this was young adult life maybe, or like any time after, starting at young adult life and after. Yeah, I suppose if you get a babysitter, you could do it, you know, even if right. you, you know, had with with child. But um, yeah, we were younger. We used to do things like that. Um, I've never heard of people doing those lately, so maybe that's just kind of gone out of fashion. But anyway. Uh, okay, interesting. Didn't mean to derail the discussion there, but no, that I feel like I learned something. You know, that's what's interesting too about this is that I and I don't know if you've ever thought this before, but I've thought this. I'm not great at asking you or mom really about yourselves, like about yeah. your past and where you grew up and things like that. Um, so this is actually kind of a really good excuse to talk about that kind of stuff and yeah. get a better idea of um, your experiences, you know, as a human being, as opposed to just the automaton that I've thought of you as until now. <laughs> and I enjoy relaying that information. Uh, one of our early listeners, in fact, commented that uh, she found... Um, that part of the podcast to be some of the most interesting. Uh, the oh, really? Who was that early listener? If I you want to, if I won't reveal. Uh, you won't name names. Okay. I won't name names. Probably okay, early listener to this. You can tell me in confidence afterward. I suspect I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, you probably know, but uh, okay. no. Um, we will we will keep our listeners' uh, identity. Confidentiality is key. It is. It is. So that's the basic format. Uh, hopefully, you didn't forget it already after that digression basically one of us picks a movie the other one pairs a movie with it we come back and talk about them that's the gist that's what we do now uh before we get into the discussion dad i have some bad news what are you ready for this i don't know there is an existing podcast called like mother like son like movies well that's totally different it is but it isn't i thought we'd cornered the market on this one yeah what do you think um i don't know would this be a good time to bring up my legal training and (laughs) Perhaps we could. Yeah, because we definitely have the the legal high ground here. I think so. I think we can we can stake our claim. And uh, how active of a podcast are they? I don't know. They had seventy episodes, but I didn't see when the last one was posted. Yeah, I don't Pikers. remember. Pikers. You know, I would say this sound is big enough. I mean, yeah. this town isn't big enough, but um, I think they're in Norway or something. Oh, so maybe it is. You know, maybe we could do a crossover podcast with those guys sometime. I that was my first thought actually. So someday down the road, we'll get in touch with them. Yeah. And we'll do that. How would you like to do a four-way uh, uh, podcast about... That's right. Parents? Like mother, like son, like father, like son, like movies. I was mostly joking when I said it was dire news, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, it is funny. But nobody else has our exact name, so I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm going to wait for the cease and desist letter. In the meantime, we can keep using it. Uh-huh. All right. Before we All get right. into the discussion of the movies we picked today, uh, I wanted to ask you, what are you watching lately? What am I watching? Well, mm-hmm. so Alex and his girlfriend were, uh, your brother, and his uh-huh. girlfriend were here uh, this last few days. And yes. so last night, we, uh, the four of us, checked out Temple Grandin. Do you oh, yeah, I've movie? seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Temple Grandin, HBO, made for HBO mm-hmm. movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Claire Danes in the role of Temple Grandin. Great biopic okay about yeah. this teacher from Colorado State who uh, is autistic and um, her challenges of uh, getting through uh, college and, and getting 
to the the place where she is today in life. Very touching. I just that movie puts a lump in my throat basically from the opening credits. Yeah. And, um, Alex's girlfriend Judy was very. I think uh, taken with it because she's very much into animals and even done some research into, into uh, uh, being a veterinary. So um, I think it was a, it was a good movie for, for us to check out. Um, And uh, yeah, highly recommend Temple Grandin. Nice. Yeah. I remember that movie. I was, uh, I don't know, a number of years ago when we watched it, but yeah, I remember it was good. It was, I'd never heard of it before. I think it was just a a straight to TV kind of a thing, but HBO, I remember. Right, right, right. HBO. But yeah, really, really good. And just interesting story also, just a very interesting person. She's got a book as well that I think I read at the time, but I really don't remember. It's been Mm -hmm. a minute. The movie is based on two books that she authored. But they're just just so interesting. The the perspective that she takes and the way that she's able to empathize with animals is Mm -hmm. is unique. And it's kind of why she does what she does. Yeah. Well, if you like like, uh, human interest stories, you like animal stories... It's a it's a really good and good and and you know family friendly type of a, a movie and any yeah good good for just about any age for sure yeah cool that's what I've been watching how about you yeah uh, I've got a few things so um, nope came to the theater where nope. I live so I watched nope yep I saw nope and it was okay I'm not taken with it to be honest with you so I you found nope? uh, I thought it was a little bit slow actually and when it picks up it picks up. But it took a while for me to get to that point. I thought the like the la- like the third act, I guess, um, where they're actually I guess spoilers for Nope, where they actually figure out what the UFO object is um, and take action against it. That's all you know, exciting enough. But um, I didn't necessarily think that what they were doing made a whole lot of sense. Like as far as they had to get a photograph of it instead of just like fucking leaving. Like I don't know, it was kind of weird. Uh, um, so yeah, it was like little stuff like that. And then I thought the, the cameraman character on the one hand was a lot of fun. On the other hand was just totally out of left field as far as like, what is this guy's deal? Like, what is he doing? Why is he so weird? Why does he, why does he (laughs) go into clearly what is going to, a situation which is clearly going to result in his death for no apparent reason? It doesn't make any sense. I, I liked it. I thought it was, um, the weakest of his three films, but uh, I thought it played very well on a big screen. It was very uh, thrilling um, mm-hmm. up until the third act. I did not like the third act either. Oh, I interesting. Thought, so. um, that was the weakest part of the film, but it had some great set pieces. You know, the the whole mm-hmm. thing with the chimp, although it was kind of like, yeah. what's going on here? Uh-huh. Why are we talking about chimps in this movie about UFOs? And, and just kind of interesting to think through, you know, what he was trying to get at there. But I think sometimes people might, because of Get Out, uh, people might spend a little bit too much time sure. trying to break down his, Peel's movies and sure. maybe just yeah, need to sit fair. back and relax and enjoy him a little bit. So that's what, that's what I did. And um, yeah, I thought it was, it played very well on a big screen. You had mm-hmm. a good time. I did. Yeah, I I gotta say I didn't. I love a good digression in a movie, but I didn't understand the chimp yeah. thing at all. Like again, the the character and the chimp scenes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I think I suppose there's a way to do digressions, and there's a way not to. But uh, that one didn't work for me for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, it, I I, yeah. I shared with you my theory about what he was getting at, but um, that may or may not be right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to spoil it here. So yeah, and there could be elements of yeah. that, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say that's the entire reason the movie exists. But anyway, the other thing I saw was Bullet Train. Yeah, Bullet Train. Pitt. Good, good. I like the Aaron trailers. Yeah, some other people whose names I forgot. Uh, David Leitch directing, who directed Deadpool two. Yeah. Fun. 
Uh, forgettable, skippable, even, skippable. but fun. Yeah, fun. I don't love Brad Pitt in that kind of a role, to be honest with you. He's just so goofy, and that's fine. But uh, I don't know. There's something about it that wasn't clicking for me. But I was thinking about it. Um, and at the same time, it's not like I haven't seen Brad Pitt movies where he's goofy. that Because he's goofy in Burn After Reading, for example. And I think he's great. But I, don't, I, I haven't sat down to think about why I feel like it works in one versus the other. But in this one, he just, he's too much of like, I don't know, like a reformed bro. Like he's the dude. <laughs> But he kills people. It's re- it, it didn't quite work for me. I don't know. Uh, well, um, I might check that one out when it comes to streaming. But um, based on your take, I, I'm not going to rush right out to see that one. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fun enough. You know who I really enjoyed was Aaron Tyler Johnson because he's just so angry. Very angry <laughs> in that movie. And I love an angry character because I relate to them. Do you? Because we're going to talk about some angry characters <laughs> yeah. tonight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good segue. But before the segue, I also watched House of the Dragon, the pilot. Oh, the new Game of okay. Series. What'd you think? Uh, fun, upsetting, very upsetting. Oh. I um, had to, I have a weaker stomach than I used to. I looked away at one point in, during this pilot, huh. but it was good. I'll I'll watch episode two for sure. Very solid. Um, it's not it's not original. It's not OG Game of Thrones season mm. one, but that's kind of untouchable. That's some of the best television ever, I think. So. I am the only person on the planet who did not watch Game of Thrones. So you didn't watch any of it. it. Well, I watched the first episode twice and I bailed after both mm-hmm. times after the first episode. You weren't into wasn't it. Wasn't into it. Yeah. So no, don't plan enough. on checking. This Probably one won't out. like this either. I'm not planning on yeah. finding out. <laughs> it's a, it's, what it is is uh, the first episode, at least, is it's a, it's a lot more um, talk about the treasury and the realm going bankrupt, but more poorly written. So if you didn't like the original, <laughs> you, yeah, this isn't going to work for you. <laughs> um, you know, interestingly, I, uh, I've been you know me. I, I'm always reading like five books at a time. Well, um, one of them I'm reading is at once. Yeah, with your five hands. Uh, with my five hands, I read them at the same time and ten eyes with my with my <laughs> ten pairs a, of eyes. But it's incredible. Don't tell anybody. But um, well, one of them cool. that I'm uh, that I'm uh, reading is a, is a collection of um, science fiction short fiction, and there's a story in there by George R. R. Martin, and it's called Sand mm-hmm. Kings, um, mm-hmm. and it's like really completely different from game of thrones i mean it's you know like a sci-fi creature feature really good stuff really Mm -hmm. really entertaining story um nice but i just yeah stumbled on uh, a little george rr martin okay kind of apropos of nothing very good yeah i like that yeah okay should we should we get into it we should so i suppose i picked the movie this week the initial pick so uh my pick was the drop which is a 2014 film i believe how should we do this should we introduce my movie then introduce your movie then talk about both movies yeah. is that how we should do it i could okay. I, I could uh i could say why i picked the movie i did and then we can talk about them both yeah yeah okay so i'll introduce i i wrote some like some little bullets just to as an overview of the drop so uh, like i said 2014 um Film release. It was uh, distributed by Fox Searchlight. Uh, director is Michael R. Roscombe, who I'm not really familiar with. He's a Belgian guy, I believe. Uh, he's done a handful of movies and only one before this, uh, in a movie that came out in 2011. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, the writer is Dennis Lehane. Are you familiar with this guy? Yes. Dennis Lehane? Very familiar with okay. him. Okay. So I knew the name, but I was not um, familiar with him. I knew he was a novelist, and he's had a number of books adapted. I think I know why you're familiar with him, because he wrote, among other things, the novels Shutter Island and Mystic River. Yes. Correct. 
and you love Mystic River. I love Mystic River. Yeah, one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorites. Is that your window of familiarity with him, or yeah, I would say that's broader than that. Going no, that's going to be pretty pretty much the window. I have read some of his other things. He also wrote the screenplay or the the book that uh, Gone Baby Gone was based on. Oh, I've heard of, I've heard that title. Yeah, yeah. With Casey mm-hmm. Affleck. Affleck. Mm-hmm. Affleck. Uh, so yeah, he's he's done several things, but Mystic River, yeah, one of my all time favorites. Yeah, that's a tragic movie too. Yeah. Uh, this the drop is based on his short story Animal Rescue, which I. Uh, could not find online. I put in an interlibrary loan. I, I still do that. Probably the last person in the world. It has not arrived yet, so I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, the movie stars Tom Hardy, Nomi Rapace, I think I'm saying that right, and James Gandolfini. Tom Hardy plays Bob Saganowski, who works at a bar owned by his cousin Marvin, which is James Gandolfini. Uh, so basically, they work at this bar. It's a drop for the Chechen mob uh, for illegal money. I'm not clear what the money is being used for, but it's a holding place. The bad guys put their money there, and that's where it stays until whoever comes and picks it up. Again, the details I don't know, and I don't think they're important to the story. Um, but the bar gets knocked over, uh, and then they come under heat from the Chechens who think maybe they had something to do with it. Uh, and then along the way, uh, Tom Hardy sort of um, develops a personal relationship with uh, Nomi Rapace, who plays a character who just lives in the neighborhood, and he finds a dog in her trash can who's been abused um that somebody put there so that's uh that's the meat cute <laughs> if we're using romantic comedy terms he finds a dog in the trash can uh she helps him take care of it and they sort of develop a relationship and that's the gist of the movie other than that it's loosely plotted there's obviously there's developments that happen along the way and beats that happen but it's a loosely plotted movie it's not like tom hardy's trying to do this thing um and he's got a plan and he's going to get this it's more like um they're just trying to exist in this world and there's all these psychopaths who won't let them and that's yeah that's the drop the drop mm-hmm. yes so when you pick the drop I uh, had seen it before, and so I was looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing it again. I hadn't; um, I had only seen it the one time, and uh, I remember enjoying it. Um, so I was looking forward to watching it again, and it made me think of pairing it with a movie about a protagonist with some hidden capabilities, mm-hmm. things that you know are not necessarily obvious talents or skills or abilities of the protagonist. And Mm -hmm. that's what led me to pair this with Straw Dogs. Straw Dogs, and again, always thinking about things that you probably haven't seen. But Straw Dogs... Yeah, uh, I I had not seen Straw Dogs. Yeah, and you were probably blissfully happy that you hadn't seen it until... You uh, watched it according to. You know, I, I will say my my world was a little bit brighter before I saw this movie. Uh, so thanks. You're thanks welcome. You're welcome for the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so Straw Dogs was uh, quite notorious in its day, directed by the great Sam Peckinpah. Uh, 1971, right? 1971, uh, mm-hmm. starring Dustin Hoffman and Susan George, about this mild-mannered professor, math professor, who moves with his young hotsy totsy wife um, to to the <laughs> to the uh, English countryside, the peaceful English countryside, uh, where he finds out that things are not so peaceful, leading to an explosion of violence, um, mm. unlike anything you've ever seen, quite an order of magnitude above what what we get in the drop. But that's why I picked it. Yes. It, it seemed like a good pairing of of uh, protagonist types. Yeah. So when after I watched Straw Dogs, I was trying to guess why you picked it, and what I came up with was. Uh, these are two different characters who um, they're capable of more than they appear at first, and they both reach a breaking point at which um, they they become the, capable of um, some extreme violence that we haven't seen them commit before. Yep, and they're under that's that's the connection that I saw. They're underestimated, but they're very different. These characters they're not as similar. Um, yes, as you might 
think just on that surface description. And I was surprised at this. Uh, I, I think that's probably the third time I've seen Straw Dogs. And uh. I was surprised at it. Um, there were some things about it that I did not remember that are quite challenging. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we could start there if you want. Well, how did you feel? How did you feel challenged by by straw dogs? By straw dogs. Well, the the I, I remembered. So obviously, full spoilers for both these movies. We're not going to uh, spare yeah, any always. any detail. Um, so if you do not want to uh, have these movies spoiled and you haven't seen them, go watch them now and come back to this discussion if um, there's any life left in you. Uh, after experiencing straw dogs. Um, yeah, that is not for the faint of heart. It is a rough, rough film. But what surprised me about it was, uh, so the, you, you, I thought I remembered that the inciting incident um, was the rape of Susan George, of Dustin Hoffman's wife, uh-huh. um, by these, these local thugs. Um, and that is not it at all. In fact, it is not even clear that he knows that she was raped. His, right. his, he makes his stand kind of like the dog in the drop. He makes the stand. And, uh, protecting this, uh, you know, semi-defenseless simpleton played by David Warner from being strung up by these thugs who believe that he has uh, murdered one of the local um, girls uh, that came on. Right. To him. Which, well, which he did, which but he on accident, did, which he did. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what really, and and when he. Uh, he takes the simpleton home and uh, guards him in his house uh, and the thugs try to get in. That's what uh, really incites him to commit these horrific acts to, to defend his property. It's not in defense of himself or, or his what happened to or, you know, revenge for what happened to his wife. It's really about him finding a reason to stand up to these guys who until then he'd been very happy to accommodate. So it, I, I didn't remember that. And, and it's, uh, it was, I found that to be uh, quite surprising. Yeah, there is something that makes it's it's kind of like he's taking this stand, but from our perspective, it's for entirely the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. From his perspective, it might even be it, it might even be justified because just for the sole reason that he's we are privy to information that he is not. But um, from our perspective, it's it kind of adds this like sickening under layer to the entire sequence, the entire siege sequence, because you know he's maiming people and being maimed himself and he's killing people uh and he's doing all these horrible things he's taking this stand uh and it's not for the reasons that we as the viewers want him to so it puts us in a really like kind of a grading position like we we kind of want to root for him but at the same time he he's doing all these things for reasons that to us it's like well those are completely wrong for the situation like that he's to our mind he's not taking the moral high ground he's just kind of i don't know it's it makes it all the more upsetting when all these acts of violence are being committed and it feels like the people that they are being done in defense of don't deserve it i guess yeah or the the reaction just makes the whole thing more upsetting yeah although arguably his life was in danger at a certain point in this siege but yes but yeah no that's uh pretty much the way i had sized it up um i i read that um this was movie i think it was well regarded in general it was recognized for what it is which is an extremely angry picture there's not a Mm-hmm. sympathetic character in the entire film and uh, so it no. is it is very hard to develop any sympathy for Dustin Hoffman's character what he goes through unlike in the drop where uh, what, what was the main character's name in the drop yeah Bob 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 um, where uh, Tom Hardy uh, obviously is playing you know just kind of a a sweet guy he's trying to mind his own business 
Um, he cares about right. dogs. He's you know kind to uh, Numi's um, character. So he yeah. he's just he seems like just a you know almost a um, I'm trying to use the politically correct term instead of simpleton. <laughs> he's almost a little uh, you know <laughs> simple himself. I'm just gonna go ahead and do it, guys. You can add me later. He's just very he's just very um, he's kind of diminutive. Yeah. He's he he uh, he's almost if we were and and this is something that I was trying to remember and I couldn't Mm -hmm. how I perceived him the first time I saw this movie because the second time I saw it obviously I knew how it ended and so I knew there was more to him than meets the eye but I was wondering if you were watching this movie for the first time how are we meant to feel about Tom Hardy and I think we're supposed to see him as a little bit of a pushover yeah slightly he's going to keep his head down he's not going to get involved he's going to do it and not only that it's that it's that he's he's a little bit of a weakling almost Mm -hmm. he's he's very hunched over his posture is very again it's diminutive he really keeps his head down physically in this movie Yep. yep and that's why people think they can walk over him right but you always see him doing the right thing, treating people right, treating animals right. Right. To We're be, completely on his side. He wins us over instantly. Completely on his side. In yeah. Straw Dogs, you are not on Dustin Hoffman's side. Uh, no, he's a dick. He's a dick. He's mean to his wife. He's yeah. He's he's uppity in town <laughs> with the locals. He's, yeah, he's he's condescending to everyone <laughs> around him, and I think that's he's part of his character. He's a math. He's like this mathematician who thinks he's smarter than everyone else yeah so um so i think this when uh Stratus came out it was really received as kind of a like a fascist type of a critique uh almost that, okay uh, yeah that there's there's a reference in the film to how they left the united states because he didn't want to quote get involved they didn't say in what but you know given the time period here 1970s you know, it was more than likely Vietnam. Could have been civil rights, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. he didn't want to uh, be in, involved in those kinds of issues. But move to the country and you know get a bunch of thugs, you know, trying to break into your house, and you'll do whatever it takes to uh, win out. So he got involved. Yeah, he got involved. He got involved, but only when it <laughs> affected him. Right, only when his life was in danger, yeah. and the you know boundaries between you know his house and people who he doesn't want in his house. Yeah. I think that is uh, one of the main differences between these two movies is the, the likability of the characters. Because, yeah, in Straw Dogs, we don't really like anybody. In The Drop, the main characters are heroes in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. They are people we root for. They do good things. They look out for each other. Straw Dogs, that's not to be found. Mm-hmm. Much, much darker experience. Yeah, there's no rooting interest there. So that's why I picked it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, you to, uh, I wanted you to see it. And you were, uh, you said, traumatized. Yeah, I was. Uh, I really was. And again, I said this about Game of Thrones, but in this movie, I I, I had a hard time watching it mm-hmm. at some points. Yeah. You know, cover my eyes kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, specifically the, the rape scene. It, that was just, yeah. It was rough. So thanks. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> did we mention that this is a Peckinpah movie? Did we even say that? Yeah, I did. And Sam Peckinpah. He's known for, he's known for that, right? Known for violence. Yeah, they used to call him Bloody Sam. And um, Bloody Sam, Bloody Sam, nice. and this was, you know, and and if you watch the film, it's not like explicitly bloody. It's it. There's a couple not of not really, yeah. There's a couple of scenes, yeah, uh, of gore, but for the most part, um, not very much. There's, uh, it's more, um, like you say, this this very unpleasant and and very long rape scene, and yeah. then uh, it's it's very long, it's yes, very uncomfortably long with. 
you know, uh, reactions by Susan George that are very difficult to wrap your mind around going on in that scene. I think deliberately so. And then, uh, you know, there's this uh, this outburst of violence at the end, which, again, you don't necessarily see a lot of gore or or um, special effects. But the, the notion of some of the things that are happening to these people is pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, they got kind of creative with it. Yeah. But, you know, if you think about some of Peckinpah's other work, like Wild Bunch, which might have been the movie just immediately before this one. There's, it, I can't think of another one which has, which is so empty of anyone to to root for. Mm-hmm. This is just a very angry film. Yeah. Yep. The only other movie I've seen of his is Ride the High Country. Which was before his real bloody period and is kind of a classic Western, right? Yeah. I, I, from what I remember, my memory of it isn't, isn't perfect. But you had, um, let's see, Joel McRae and Randolph Scott, mm-hmm. you know, ride, riding the range as cowboys and... Uh, you know, doing some classic cowboy stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, the drop, what did you, how did you, you'd seen it before as well? Yeah. So the drop I saw, uh, in college, I guess a couple years after it came out, I used to work at a library in college and I would just take home, um, every week, like five movies that I wanted to watch or hadn't seen before. And, uh, this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those experiences where I really knew nothing about it. I pretty sure that I just saw Tom Hardy on the cover and read the description and decided, uh, to check it out. And it, uh, it kind of blew me away actually the first time I ever saw this movie because I just, you know, I knew nothing about it and it's a real pleasant surprise when you pick up a movie and it turns out to be, um, kind of amazing, uh, when you know nothing about it. And the ending really blew me away at the time. It was such a great build up to that from, uh, his, his, um, his quiet manner and then his outburst at the end when he shoots. Eric Deeds, the psychopath who follows him around. I just thought that was such a brilliant... And the reveal that comes with it, where uh, there's this kid, Richie Whelan, that they're talking about through the whole movie, and um, this Eric Deeds guy claims that he killed him 10 years ago, and he keeps throwing that in, in Tom Hardy's face, and it turns out at the end that Tom Hardy's the one who killed Richie Whelan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought the reveal of that, coupled with he reveals that to Eric Deeds and then kills him... I thought that that was just a really great reveal and climactic moment. I, that just really blew me away at the time. Yeah. So that was really, really that was the it. selling point for you. Was that was that twist and yeah, you know. just a, well earned. And I mean, the movie's good up until then. It's not like a movie can be boring and then have a good twist because you know you wouldn't get to the twist. But that for me is what stuck, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I picked it again because I wanted to revisit it. The impact uh, was less, um, mm-hmm. I suppose, as it inevitably must be, just because I already knew what was going to happen but still great overall i still really really loved it and i think there's there's kind of a delicate art to getting the audience on a character's side just so effortlessly it's just we we just we just love these people and it's it just kind of comes naturally to us they just seem they just seem like such decent people and it helps that they're surrounded by other people who are intent on on keeping them down in one way or another yeah uh so that helps us get on kind of get on their side yeah i like the film still i uh saw it this was the second time i've seen it and i didn't um Mm -hmm. remember the twist i remember there was a twist but and i remembered uh that it involved bob's character but i didn't remember exactly how it played out so that was okay uh fun to to see again although i have to say it didn't quite work for me i don't remember how i reacted to it the first time but this time i would say it just seemed too kind of jarring uh because again he was play playing this character very sweet very you know kind of uh unassuming keeping his head down and then you know all of a sudden boom he's you know (laughs) 
a different person. Um, so uh-huh. was he just, you know, kind of doing an act all this time or uh, it, it was it, it, it just felt a little jarring to me. And as you said, it's pretty loosely plotted and it just feels like there's a lot of padding in this movie to get to the running time. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a movie where not a lot happens until you get to the end. I didn't right. I didn't have I had like probably twice as many notes on Straw Dogs as I had on this film because I just couldn't think of, you know, things to say. Um, things to comment on. Yeah. It was okay. pretty straightforward um, genre. No, that's pretty interesting. Sure. Yeah, I could see how I could see I could see that because, uh, like I said before, it is it is a loosely plotted film. But for me, the development, just the emotional development, is enough to carry it. I think it's really really well done. It works on me very very well. I actually had I felt the way you felt yeah. about the drop. I felt that way about the first like forty minutes of Straw Dogs. I thought it was a lot of padding. Um, and the tension that was building, I think, built, but then it it wasn't building enough after, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes in. I thought, okay, enough tension's been built. Like, I don't need 20 more minutes of tension building to get to something actually happening in this movie. To me, it it, it took a while. When it does get going, it, re- it really gets going. But I thought the, you know, the movie could have started like, 30 minutes later and it would have been fine yeah i don't remember the running time on it it's like it's i mean it, i think it's a solid yeah, like two, two hours, hours maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah perhaps mm-hmm. perhaps that's right i think i think the build-up there though is more um important uh, than in the drop just to set up the relationship between these characters particularly dustin hoffman and susan george and you know they're kind of playful but yet he has no respect for her he doesn't have any you know patience for her i don't know what he expects of her other than to just be quiet until he's ready to talk to her take her to bed yeah right um right so setting that up is is kind of important setting up her teasing relationship to the to the locals particularly that one guy that she used to go with is important yeah it's to me it felt more more justified and less less fluffy yeah and maybe maybe part of it was managing expectations because i think you know i was probably going in based just on the description the short description of the movie so i guess to my mind um, I agree that all that stuff's necessary, but to me that had been established again, like 20 minutes in, but then there's like another 20 minutes before anything really crazy happens. Um, yeah. Specifically the cat um, being hung up in the closet. Yeah. To me, if, if that had happened like 15 minutes sooner, mm-hmm. but because when it finally did happen, I was like, okay, that's what I thought this movie was going to be. And it is, um, it just took too long to get there. And it's like, let's go, you know, I want, I want stuff to start happening but yeah that that i just could have been tighter i thought uh and it would have been a more enjoyable and a more tense experience because for me the tension started to unravel because i just got got kind of restless waiting for something to happen Mm -hmm. yeah you know what they do really well in that movie though is everyone in that town is so creepy (laughs) yes everyone is such a creep I was going to say it could just as easily be a horror movie like uh, where they come out at night and, you know, start burning people at the stake. Yeah, right. You know what I thought this uh, maybe I don't know if there's a name for it, but it feels like the whole like English countryside creepy town is like a whole subgenre. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking about the Wicker Man. Yeah. Wicker Man. Exactly. And uh, and uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a good pairing right there. Yeah, it is a good pairing. Wicker Man I actually thought about that while I was watching The Wicker Man, which I found kind of boring, actually. Yeah, yeah, The Wicker Man, I don't disagree now that we're talking about Wicker Man, but I find that movie a little bit tedious, too, until you get to the end. The end is kind of shocking. I can't remember now. I'll have to watch it again, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Okay, what else should we talk about? Hmm. Oh, you know what I thought would make another great pairing with Straw Dogs would be Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Why? Uh, well, just for the voyeuristic, dogs the and voyeuristic. Ask what? 
<laughs> oh, right. Because <laughs> they both have animals. They both have animals in the title, and I just thought that would, that would, really, <laughs> that would nail it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity for discussion. There. <laughs> we could unpack that. No, uh, just the voyeuristic aspects and a lot of the tension in this movie hangs on these creepy slash possibly dangerous men who are kind of leering at Susan George all the time, and so that's where a lot of the tension comes from. And I thought that uh, that reminded me of Silence of the Lambs, where so much of that movie is Jodie Foster in rooms with all these all these overbearing men who are just looking at her. Yeah. And that's an, and that's enough to just give you the shivers. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think so it's, I, thought, I thought? Yeah, do, go. Do you think uh, Stradugs is misogynist? Like, is the movie misogynist? Yeah, does it have a misogynist point of view? Oh man, these are the tough questions you're asking me. I mean, no. Uh, I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, can a, a movie's not a person? You no. know what I mean? Right. Like how? And movie. I mean, but to be fair, movies do have attitudes about things and they comment on things but i think in order to be misogynist you'd have to be okay with what's going on and it's not like the movie is saying this is how the world should be no maybe it's saying this is how the world is and maybe that's not wrong depending on your experiences but no i don't think it's a misogynist movie it just is very uh rare i don't know of another i can't think of another example of a movie where you know something happens uh like what happens to um, Amy or Susan George's character in this movie and there's no you know there's no satisfaction there's no yeah right there's no redress which I mean is, is altered true to reality I think yeah it could yeah I wouldn't argue with that so I think I'm sure that was you know maybe the movie didn't have I don't know if Sam Peckinpah had like a um, feminist mission in mind with that but um, by putting that scene in there but I think the movie in general is one of those films that wants to depict a world that has no saving grace because that just isn't the way it goes a lot of the time. What about um, the great James Gandolfini? Last role in the drop. That was his last role ever, huh? Yeah. 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 And then and then he dropped. And then he dropped. <laughs> Too soon? Um, he, uh, he, he tears up in this movie, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's, uh, he, I have not, have you watched um, that famous show that he was in <laughs> the, the sopranos yes no no <laughs> thank you i haven't either i watched the i think i watched the pilot some years ago but yeah, yeah i never i never uh, dove into the series in full so i've only seen him in in various roles and movies but yeah he was great uh his character is i i love a, i love a good uh i love a good uh what do you call it like a washed out kind of a character mm-hmm. uh someone who's fallen from grace someone who used to be somebody or in this case maybe he just thinks he used to be somebody and nobody else really thought that but and he's just he's just like sick of all this shit that he has to deal with he's just yep. done you know he's got his his dad's on life support he's getting old he's checked out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting desperate to try and make something of himself. That's kind of his hubris. I love, I love, a, I love, a, I love, I love a hubristic character yep. like that. It was a great characterization. I'm trying to think, it was a movie that he was in that was like a romantic comedy huh. that showed a very different side of him. It's called mm-hmm. Enough Said. That's what it's called. You should check that one out. Enough uh, Said. Okay. Him and Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus. And um, yeah, it's a it's a romantic comedy and, and a completely different side of him that you don't get to see in films very often. So I would definitely okay. uh, recommend checking him out in that in that picture. That sounds great. Yeah, enough said. And the last thing I wanted to just bring up on the drop was Tom Hardy. You know me; I don't like. I'm not a Tom Hardy guy. 
You hate Tom Hardy. You said he's your least favorite actor ever. Well, he's one of my one of my least favorite actors ever. I just always find him very mannered and kind of not very convincing. In this movie, this is probably the least annoying movie that he has been in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the least annoying performance. Um, (laughs) Oh my god! Wow, what a uh, review! And and Tom, if you're listening. Man, nothing personal, but yeah, I, I I don't mind him in this movie so much. He sells it, you know, kind of better than I think he does in a lot of his other movies, like Locke. That's so funny. I think I I love him in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I think he's, you know, what a, a thought that I ha- a thought that I had uh, while I was watching this is that he might be one of the great uh, understated actors. He, I feel like every every movie, every role that he's in, he's very understated and he pulls understated. It off. Brilliantly, wow. yeah. I do yeah. not agree. You don't agree, huh? No, you think in Locke he's mm. understated. You saw Locke, right? Locke, yeah. hmm. The one where he's in maybe the car not the so much time. in Locke. Maybe not so much in Locke. But I was thinking Dunkirk. He's very understated. I was thinking Mad Max. He's very understated. I was thinking. I think The Revenant, but I also don't remember. Slash, I don't like that movie very much. So maybe not. <laughs> I like him in uh, Mad Max. Yeah, I like him mm-hmm. in that movie. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I've always loved Tom Hardy. He's one of those people like I'll, I'll go to a movie just for him. You know what I thought was weird though was his accent. I didn't. I didn't find it very convincing actually. Now that he, you say that, he always but does a didn't. lot of accent work, and it it didn't bother me that much. Just kind of mannerisms and it's like mm, mm. Don't, I'm not buying it. But what's yeah. your best Bane? Go on. Me? Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Please? No, that's no, that's not what we do here. Hmm. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. Mm-mm. All right. No, no. We'll no, deny. No, no. We'll deny our our vast listening audience the the pleasure of hearing your pain. Uh, yeah, but... they definitely want to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to look through my notes and see, see if there's anything else I want to cover. You know, in Straw Dogs, I love. You know, it's. I think it's a it's a great movie for filmmakers to study in terms of how to convey chaos without nausea. Okay. You know, at the end, chaos without nausea. Nausea. Yeah. You mean literal, like too much moving around and I get sick kind of nausea? Yeah, like shaky cam. I mean. Uh-huh. I I hate watching uh, a found footage movie because you know they seem to all they know how to do is hold onto a camera and run, and you can't see right. a damn thing, and right. um, you just end up you know puking your guts out because you're. So you applaud you applaud the decision that uh, this movie was not a found footage movie. <laughs> you thought, no, you thought saying, that was a good choice. Watch how he films. Go back and watch it right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> watch pause, how he films the recording, the uh-huh. last half hour of this film and how yeah. the, not only how the tension builds, but how the chaos is conveyed uh-huh. through camera angles, through editing. It's, it's just a, I think a real masterclass in how to communicate that stuff without, making the audience sick to their stomach. And I really appreciated that. I mean, even though it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what you're seeing, the acts you're seeing are nauseating. Um, yeah. The, uh, the way that it's presented, um, I really appreciated. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always, there's going to be, uh, you know, different cycles and styles that go and things go in and out of fashion. And, um, that's as true for, uh, movies and the way they're made as anything else. But, um, there is a, tendency a lot of times for films to think that if they're depicting somebody or, or something rather um, that is to use your example nauseating that they have to somehow evoke that visually as opposed to just letting the action be nauseating mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that this like you said this movie does really well 
And a lot of times um, people confuse one for the other. There's the way that it's filmed and they think that, oh, this has to be bo- this This person's life is uninterested. Here's an example. This You have a character whose life isn't very interesting. Uh, and so we have to we have to bore the audience so that they understand that the person's life is interesting. And it's like, no, we can understand that their life is interesting and still be invested in the story. And if you bore us, we're going to leave. And that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that distinction. And that can be tough to put your finger on sometimes, I think. But it is, it's a, it's a crucial one because if, if you confuse, you know, the audience's boredom with the character's boredom, and you conflate the two, then that's that's kind of a recipe for disaster. It's not going to work. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. I uh, I wanted to ask you this: the ending of the drop. Yeah. So he kills Eric Deeds, the psychotic ex-boyfriend of yeah. Nadia. Uh huh. Is this movie saying that murder's okay? Well, I did write down that she makes a very poor choice at the end. <laughs> by she she runs out like of that bar, getting and, back together with him, and then he comes back to the house, and she's like, "Sure, I'll go out with you." So yeah. yes, it's, yeah. I think murder's okay is what I got from it. Seem to be saying that sometimes it's justified taking the law into your own hands. To be fair, that that dude would not leave him alone. Yeah, uh, he was pretty annoying. I mean, I was he wasn't going to go away by himself. I was glad he was dead. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, that feels right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that's just movies, right? We're okay well, with heroes killing people all the time. Yeah, well, he kicked the shit out of that dog, so he deserved it. Ah, you can't do that to a dog and expect to live. In not the in movie. the movies. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen. It is just kind of a funny. You can't think about it too much because it does. It basically says because it's a salvation movie, right? Yeah, do you agree. Yeah, redemption. Because Tom Hardy, or he's not a redemption. He's movie, clearly. So He's clearly searching for some kind of salvation because he do he goes to church, but he doesn't Take he doesn't receive the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and so he he clearly wants some sort of salvation, but doesn't necessarily think he deserves it. So this, if there is a journey, an arc in this movie, it's him going from that person who doesn't feel like he deserves happiness, basically, to someone who who feels like he earns it and the way he earns it is through murder basically and they say two wrongs don't make a right but this movie would disagree yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right but i don't think you think about it too much because it's not really applicable to real life i don't think right it's a genre film yeah. right it's not i don't think it has anything more up its sleeve than that um to tell yeah. a, to tell a catchy story um yeah I, right i think it generally succeeds i would i would recommend any listener who hasn't watched the drop to check it out um, it's an entertaining mm-hmm. couple hours and wouldn't yeah. feel like it was time wasted. I think it's more than entertaining. I, th- I think there's some mastery going on there. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I love I love the way the the characters, um, Tom Hardy and Nomi Rapace, they, they, just the way they connect and how they're, you know, it's the classic romantic archetype of, you know, there's two broken people who come together and they fix each other. And it just works really well. And Straw Dogs. What else? It's an experience. You, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. if you want, if you want to know more about the the oeuvre of uh, Sam Peckinpah, uh, I think you have to check it out. Um, it's, uh, but not not a, it's a rough set. <laughs> it's, I'm not saying that because it's bad. It's, it's extremely well done, but it's not it's a pleasant unpleasant. experience. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, a pleasant it's really really unpleasant, and it has no intention. I mean, that's it does what it sets out to do, exactly, which is upset you. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, it does really well. You know what? I, I liked that it turned into a siege movie because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I'm reading here. I, I like, it was like based that. on a book called The Siege of Trencher's Farm. Oh, so there you go. Um, there you go. So that's all I got. That's all I got, too. All right. All right. So next time I well, get about pick. wraps it up. Next time you get to pick. And do you want to go ahead and say what I think we should. I think we should. So okay. what, what we might need to start doing is like little mini um, recording so that people know what the second movie is going to be because you don't know what the first movie is going to be because I haven't said it yet. It's true. You haven't picked your movie, but the next episode will drop around October sometime, right? Mm-hmm. Not this one. This one will drop in, we think, September. I think what I'll do is this one will drop maybe early October and then we'll drop because you're going to pick a horror movie, right? We're going to pick a Halloween movie. Right. So I will drop this one, or sorry, I will drop the next episode closer to Halloween and I will drop this one early October. Great. Just so we have that Halloween episode. Awesome. I kind of I didn't wasn't thinking about that, but we can we can we can be flexible. We can adjust. We can do that. And we need to do a Halloween. Because you movie. love horror movies. I love horror movies. If I could pick a horror movie for every episode I would. But not gonna do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and you how do you feel about horror movies? I like them more than I used to, but yeah. I'm still not not my favorite genre. Not your favorite genre. Well, okay. this won't traumatize you like straw dogs, but it is scary. Okay. So okay. watch it with somebody you watch love. I'll, in, I'll probably watch it during the daytime. In daylight with the lights on. Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. Kwaidan. Um, I've heard of it. It's Japanese film. It's anthology film? Anthology film. Four stories mm. um, from Japanese I folklore. love an anthology film. Yeah. Cool. And it's not only... Uh, scary it's gorgeous it's a beautiful film it's a long film cool so um enjoy quite i think you will and okay. can't wait to hear what you think we should pair it with very good okay yeah i think announcing the first pick is fun at the end but i don't i don't think we need to preview what the second pick will be okay well unless unless we want people to be able to watch it right if you want people to be able to watch it before before the episode they hear the episode then we should that's a good point think about um you know giving them well can't they always see can't they always see what it is when the episode comes out and then if they want to watch it they can true if we put it in the title of the episode then they can watch it at that time but it might not be might not be convenient timing though Mm -hmm. we'll give that some Mm. thought turn it over this is a work in progress if people can't tell yeah but if you don't want to pick a halloween pairing uh, a scary movie oh i'm picking i'm picking a scary movie okay dad all right I would be a fool not to. Well, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that would it would be kind of an interesting, uh, bold choice to say. I'm you gonna... know what? Um, I will pick whatever I feel like goes best. Scary <laughs> movie or not. That's the, that's How do you like the, that? I like it. That's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea. Okay. Very good. All right. All right. Well, that wraps it up. So it's quite done for next week and I or I keep saying next week for next episode uh, which will drop sometime around Halloween probably this episode will drop early October um, if you're listening thanks for doing that yeah. uh, you can follow us I believe on everything should be up now so you can follow us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts uh, if you want to help us out you can feel free to leave a review on whichever service you use um, I like to say that five stars is a good bet if you're unsure what review to give us. But seriously, if you also, um, we have an email and stuff now, which should be available on 
the podcast services that you are listening to this on. So um, if you have suggestions or notes or whatever, um, you can totally email in. And we would love feedback. We are, this is an experiment. We're doing it uh, once a month just to see how it goes. This is only episode three. We're figuring it out. So um, yeah, if you got suggestions or comments or uh, what do they say? What's the old saying? Um, Questions, comments, or concerns? You can do that at likemoviespod at gmail.com. Awesome. Cool. And again, I'm Sam. And and, uh, who are you? I'm Stuart. And dad. Stuart. Father. And dad. I'm Sam's son. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Like Father, Like Son, Like Movies. And we will see you in Halloween. See ya. Boo. Scary.